Should we uh should we both watch the Black Panther teaser one more time together? Oh, should we ever? Let's, let's do it. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're going to Wakanda with the Black Panther. Ooh. Yes, we look to the future of all DC projects. Ooh, if that's speculation, I'm excited. I, I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> um, the Valiant Universe tries to take some shape. And you're going to explain to me what that is. <laughs> yes, and it's going to be a valiant effort indeed, and more. <laughs> <laughs> and more. So uh, what have you been up to, Chris? Uh, so, it's been a it's been another week, so another seven days where uh, I don't know exactly everything you've been doing. So, Well, this week um, I decided to update my office a little bit uh, at, mm-hmm. at work. I have nothing on the walls. It's just been a blank slate because I've, there's always been talk of me moving offices, going to a, like a more secluded like zone in the office so I could edit and stuff like that. So I decided to go out and get posters made of all this stuff. And um, it's it's a hassle because FedEx will not print your stuff for <laughs> you online if it's a quote-unquote copyrighted piece. Yes. And um, I had a bunch of 8.5 by 11 frames that I got at the dollar store. And I, so I cropped all these posters to that and slid them in there and uh, got them all laid out. And then what do you know? We got a new one this week. <laughs> so I've been working on that and some larger ones. I got some larger um, comic book poster frames, like two foot by three foot posters from the yeah. I saw store. I saw some of those posters too, and it and it made me think. You know, it's really cool when like comic books and trades and like magazines like give away posters. But mm-hmm. the unfortunate thing is, is no matter how cool the art is, it still has to be folded up like six times to yep. fit inside a book. So it's just like, is there any way to iron those folds out? I feel like any sort of fold in paper is like permanent. I don't think you can undo a paper fold. Yeah. Like if it was maybe like canvas or something, you, you might have a chance. But I think you're kind of stuck with those lines, which really sucks. Some of them, it depends on like the frame and like how, you know, how much you can have that paper hold it down. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at one beside me, and obviously there's like maybe three lines that are horribly visible because it removes the color when you crease it. Like the print there is no longer there when you crease yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but the rest of them seem to be, I guess, ironed out. But yeah, I mean, you could probably see them in that picture I, I took too. That there are creases yeah, in them. Well, you know what? Give it a couple decades because I feel like a, a fresh poster out of a comic book just kind of looks dumb because of all the lines through it. But if but if you look at maybe a poster that's like 30 or 40 years old that's been framed, it kind of has that antique look and you're like, oh man, it's been folded. It's, you know, someone got it from like an old comic book. So like, you know, just keep it on your wall long enough, your grand your grandchildren will be impressed you, by it. Do you think if we could start selling sepia tinted glass to put over these posters to make them <laughs> give them that pre-aged look already? Yeah. You know what? I almost guarantee if you're in the market for that type of glass, you could find it with a simple Google. All right. <laughs> well, Amazon sells everything, so you know we got that going for us. But yeah, so I've been I've been really interested in poster frames. Um, posters come in all sorts of horrible sizes. Let me tell you that now. <laughs> and the frames for those horrible sizes are very expensive. So I've been looking at options on how I can save money because you know to decorate my office without you know blowing like my whole bank account to trying to frame these things yeah it gets even more confusing if you happen to get your picture frames from like an ikea because i think they they do try to attempt to match kind of like the standard sizes for maybe like photographs but if you try to go bigger like posters like i've had problems where like i'm getting like this weird kind of like swedish dimensions for posters or something like that and it's just like i can't operate on this level the metric ikea is always so cheap The metric system is what you're looking for there. Yeah, what but, are you gonna do? Yeah, so like, I got some. Yeah, have you ever gotten free posters from actually going to a movie? Um, yeah, once I, th- I believe it's usually like you got to go to like the, the first showing on like on the first night or something like that. Yeah, so I have like a lot of I- IMAX usually gives out IMAX specific posters. So I have a bunch of like Phase Two Marvel movies that are IMAX, but they're like very thick cardstock on them. Like they're mm-hmm. they're really nice. I really love them. But they're like 13 by 19. And I'm like, <laughs> it's an odd number. No one's going to print odd number frames here. So, um, again, I found some on Amazon. I, I might be able to swing by a Michael's craft store. But um, I, I definitely, my, my, my biggest concern is I printed off one poster for every Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to organize them. 
because <laughs> I've got limited wall space and we're going to be adding more, right? Like there's always more Marvel movies. So I'm like, how do I arrange these? And uh, some people on Facebook have been really nice and giving suggestions. So I really appreciate that. But it is uh, the conundrum of the week for me. Yeah. The tick least. in my head says chronologically. That would be the best way to do it. But yeah, you, I guess you might not have wall space for all of them. Well, I, I have wall space, but like, you know, if I go, so right now there's 18 posters, including up to Thor Ragnarok. And I include Inhumans because it's getting a theatrical release. Uh, and also I'm a fanboy. Uh, so, <laughs> so to get that out of the way. So there's 18, but like, you know, with Black Panther and Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp getting posters sooner than later. Um, you know, when I have 19 posters, how do I rearrange that without you know oh, taking the nails out of the wall and redoing the whole thing? So what? What's a nerd to do, man? Yeah, what's a nerd to do? First world <laughs> problems all over the place this week. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's been my that's been on my uh, mind this week, Mike. What about yourself? What have you been up to? Well, I have kept up on my Alien Universe homework. So I had this goal of finishing all of like the Alien franchise before I went and saw Covenant, but I, once I got to two, I was just like, okay, this is enough for me to see the Covenant movie, since everybody kind of uh, rags on the third and the fourth movie. So I was just like, well, I had some time at the office, so I was like, you know, I'll just watch them while I'm working, and surprisingly, both of them are not as awful as I thought they were going to be. I, I was under the impression that they were going to be dumpster fires um, because I've heard so much about the mess of production with the movies. So uh, just a real quick, the third one I was actually pretty impressed with. I think I was watching either like the director's cut or the final cut or, or whatever the iTunes special edition version of three was. Um, I think it's about 20 minutes longer than the theatrical version. It did seem a little long, so I was thinking, well, man, the the first thing they could do to this movie is chop off about 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, wait, they already did. But I was pretty impressed just because they kind of vanquished the final alien in a different way. Like, every alien movie is always shooting these aliens out of airlocks into space. It's like seems to be their only strategy for killing them. But in this one, they had kind of a more creative way, and I kind of appreciated that. Um... Uh, but then in the fourth one, everything kind of goes off the rails because you just got this weird clone of Ripley, and um, but it's so fu- it's based so far into the future, you just feel like you're so detached from the alien universe because I think it's like 300 years away from everything. So you're like everybody you know and love from the other franchises are all dead except somehow they bring Ripley back. And I, I know, like, Joss Whedon wrote this one, so everyone always, like, is just like, oh, Joss, how are you going to defend this movie? And I guess he's gone on record saying, like, it just it was directed and acted really poorly. So I, I guess he tries to push some of the blame off of him. So who knows? But there's some cheesy stuff in there, but there's also some iconic mm-hmm. things. There, you could always take one kind of iconic, cool moment away from every Alien movie no matter matter what. In the fourth movie, we, we got to see the, the Xenomorph swim underwater, and that's like kind of like a really cool, like tense moment. So, uh, yeah, I think if you guys get a chance, I would I would still watch three and four. I think they still have their merits, so they're not dumpster fires. So okay. that, that, that's the homework I did. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go by um, the much maligned Rotten Tomatoes scores, Alien 3 is at a 46%. Wow, uh, I, and, I would I would think it deserves better than that. And Alien Four is at a fifty four percent. I don't think so. So, um, I, and and then you know, Covenant was at seventy one. So a lot of these people don't agree with Mike. Um, <laughs> that's what we're going to look at here. But I mean, I think you know, Alien Three um, was a David Fincher film, but there was apparently I, I heard some stuff about this the other day on a show I was listening to. But like, there were three. There, there's the director there were i think four or five writers on that and then the producers as well all doing different things and mm-hmm. uh, i mean david fincher has gone on to do some of the most amazing films we've seen in the past you know 20 years so mm-hmm. seeing david fincher's what his alien 3 could have been is is really like a like man what if kind of thing yeah that could have been and you great. you you do see those kind of seeds of greatness in the movie too um so you know there's some weird stuff where Things kind of get a little sloppy, um, but it, it's it's it definitely deserves more than I think you said like forty. I think it's de- I think it should be considered fresh for sure. You think fresh? Okay. Yeah. And, and then resurrection again. Um, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen three or four, but um, the thing is, you know what I, I heard another day on another show is that a screenwriter the the writer writes the movie, but that's not necessarily what you see on the film when you get it. Uh-huh. Because the director may read his version of it, the actors may read their version of it. So uh, sometimes you can 
blame the director or the writer, but sometimes it's, it's hard to pick where where does the movie really, really, truly go wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I don't know the director's name off the top of my head, but I think he's like a French visual effects artist or something like yeah. that, or director. But Jean-Pierre, like, Jonet or something like that, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he did Amelie, which I think was like his most renowned uh, picture. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's about it. That's... That'll all get them yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah, but you know uh, that that's been my week up until uh, Friday night when uh, I, we got that Black Panther trailer, and then did I was just we? like, "We got to get the news rolling on Sunday." I'm looking forward to this. We we did, but you know, I'm I'm going to start us off with some sad news. Get this out of the way first. Um, that uh, we got news this weekend that Adam West, the TV's first Batman, has passed away um, at 88 years old. Which I think that's a pretty good run. Uh, you know, I mean. For, for him, but everyone knows as, as Mayor West in Family Guy, Batman, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, I know a lot of people are, are sad to hear that. So, we just wanted to send our condolences. Yeah, it, yeah it's really unfortunate. I mean, I, I think a lot of people out there uh, connected with that show in a really different way. Some people like legitimately loved it. Some people liked watching it because it was just silly and goofy. Some people, it was like their Batman growing up. Like that was their Batman. Uh, you know, we're both eighties kids. So that, that show was done and gone before like we ever Mm -hmm. started turning on television sets. So I never really had a chance to watch it. So the only experience I really have with Batman 66, I think it's just weird animated gifs that I've seen on the internet. So, um, I give it, I give anything props for having like a superhero TV show back in, in the sixties. I think that's really cool. Adam and Adam West has always been hilarious in any sort of like pop culture thing I've seen him in. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of cool that he was like he kind of surpassed the role and kind of became a legend in his own right. So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a, a superhero show at a time where like they didn't really take him seriously either. And my my I never I never got I'm much like you probably didn't watch the show at all. Um, so <laughs> it's hard for us to say that. But I always remembered the Joker. I believe. Um, Caesar Romero, I believe. Yeah, they, I think so. Didn't he didn't shave his mustache to play the Joker? They just painted over it. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to be said about that show and and its you know lasting effects on media and, and pop culture, as you said. So um, we're, we're sad to hear that, but I know we're we're not the uh, probably the best people to reminisce about <laughs> about the the actor and, and the Batman show. Yeah, but I always enjoyed anything I got to see Adam Weston, so it is unfortunate, but um, uh, he left a cool legacy, so mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's I, hope to, I, I hope anyone on this planet could uh, hope to do the same thing. Yeah, and 88, that's a good run. I mean, he, he I, didn't know, I didn't know he was that old, if I was to be honest with you. So. Yeah. So, but that's okay. We're going to switch back to Friday night fun when we got to see the Black Panther teaser trailer. Oh, boy, did we. So this came about unexpectedly. There's nothing going on this week related to Black Panther or superheroes or comic book movies. Nothing that was on our radar, at least. Yeah, so we're like, whatever, we're going to scrape for news this week as well. Which I did find last week, every other podcast I listened to about superhero stuff, they're like, we have no news. Like, we we don't know what's (laughs) happening. So it wasn't just us. But they dropped a a teaser poster on us first, I believe, on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And, um... I know we. I sent this to to the group chat between you, me, and, and friend of the show Quentin Parker, and you've got some stuff to say about it. And then yeah, Quentin I, had some stuff to say about <laughs> it. And I mean, it, it it's not it's not as bad as the as the homecoming poster that that dropped the like like well I think it was like, like a two month weeks ago. ago. It was like, it, like it, a month it's ago. It's not it's not quite on that level. Uh, so there's not too much to dump on. Yeah. So I think I mean I'm I'm not gonna be harsh on it because again it's just a poster. Um, I don't think the posters sell the movie tickets like like they used to anymore since we all have trailers online now. Um, but I just want to say, you know, like I, I, it's really cool that the throne here is black, like an onyx color, and is sitting on like a pile of dirt in the middle of this room, which makes me think this might be part of the vibranium meteorite that has struck the Earth. Like they built the chair out of the vibranium like yeah. meteorite. Yeah, that's, that's a good theory, actually. I never thought of that. And um, the the writing on everything um, appears to be kind of like runic looking, but also like not runes, like a little like twist on runes. So yeah, it's probably like their ancient Wakandan uh, type. Yeah, but it, it also could be related to maybe runes. I I honestly don't know. Um, and then there's a little Black Panther in the back left, just in case you were, were wondering if there'd be a Black Panther in the movie. There, there's <laughs> the same back there on the left. 
But uh, other than that, I think uh, the logo you said you you like the logo look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, out of all of it, I think that looks the coolest. I like kind of like that that blue glow that's floating through it. Uh, kind of makes things look a little uh, mystical and mysterious. Um, yeah, overall, I just didn't like the whole like CG overly polished nature of the poster. It literally looks like uh, some CG artist made the entire poster, and then they got a high resolution photo of Chadwick Boseman, uh, cropped out his head, and then plopped it on the poster. So it just looks out of place. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I like the whole concept of the poster. It would just it would have been cool if maybe like an artist you know painted it from the ground up, kind of like how they did movie posters back in the day, like for Star Wars posters and stuff like that. Like, that could have been cool. Or if maybe they actually just at least had his body in there. Like, they could have <laughs> they could have put uh, Chadwick Boseman in the costume. They could have just sat him on a green box and took a picture and then p- built it around the green box. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to b- belabor critiquing uh, posters too much because I don't know if there's a whole lot of uh, graphic designers like me listening to the show. Yeah, but <laughs> I, th- I think the one thing that, you know, I did learn uh, from whenever we were talking to Quentin, that the backfill light on the left side of his face, if you're looking at him, there is no light coming from that direction, and that's what makes us look weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, Quentin, he is uh, the friend of the show. He is a professional photographer and photo retoucher, so he definitely zeroed in on that really quickly. Yeah, he was he was able to find. He's like, what makes us look weird? But you know, I'm I'm kind of like just a little like I, I mean, I like it, but there is a little bit of disappointment about, it, like you said, like I want a little more. But it does raise a lot of questions. But I think we got a lot of more questions slash answers whenever we got the trailer for this <laughs> yeah. the next day. Basically, I forgot the poster existed as soon as I saw the teaser trailer. Yeah. So I guess it just goes to show them they're just like, hey, this teaser trailer is going to be so fire. Don't even worry about this poster. Yeah. We just technically need to put it out. So whatever you got, just throw it up there. Everyone's going to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And guess what? We did. Because we mm. got this teaser trailer. We got a link below. If you've not seen this teaser trailer, you got to stop right now. Pause this. Ooh, yes. Go watch this. And come back. And and we were talking about this. We watched this right before the show. This is not truly a teaser anymore. This is almost a full trailer. Yeah. It, it is eight seconds shy of a two-minute trailer. How how, <laughs> how how is this a teaser anymore? But I don't care. I loved every second of it, Mike. Cards on the table. Loved every second. Oh, yeah. It was, it was awesome. I just I love the feel of it. I think the thing that stands out the most, surprisingly, I think a lot of people are talking about is the soundtrack in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Run the Jewels, Legend Has It, which those guys uh, weren't really on my radar at all. Uh, a lot of people have been coming kind of out of the wor- woodwork and comment sections, kind of uh, shouting their name. So that's cool that they're kind of getting recognition. Uh, we were looking them up before we started recording the show, and we saw that Killer Mike is, is uh, one of the half of uh, Run the Jewels which he kind of made a splash in, like, politics last year, you know, supporting, like, some candidates and stuff like that. Uh, so they, they're definitely out there in the world. And I think you were telling me they've done, like, some Adult Swim single drops and stuff like that on the, um, on the network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forget exactly where it was, but I, I saw Aqua Teens. Oh, yeah. Over one of the songs once. Yeah, but basically, so they're out there. People know them. I didn't, but I know them now. So the, the trailer's working positively in their favor. Uh, but it just underlines kind of this really cool vibe that the movie has of just kind of like um, this kind of just like badass vibe that just like flowing through the whole trailer. So I, I was really enjoying that. And then there's so much other awesome stuff going through this trailer, man. It's really hard to, like, I mean, if you say generally, like, all you can say is Black Panther. You never thought you'd be so hyped for a Black Panther movie until uh, he's, until he's, we saw Civil War and now this. So he's such he's such a boss. I mean, he's he's got this like um, this stoic look on his face in every scene that he's in, and he just looks like he can handle himself. Like he it looks like he's going to be able to take anyone that's ever put in front of him, which is this kind of a cool kind of a really cool thing that you can take from a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean we we see him you know not always in the Black Panther suit either. Uh, there's one scene. I guess the opening scene, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it here. Is it's got Ulysses Claw from Age of Ultron mm-hmm. uh, missing one arm um, from that, talking to uh, Everett Ross, played by I forget his name. He is the Hobbit in the Hobbit movies. Oh, uh, uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Who are both actually in the Hobbit movies? Uh, one was the Hobbit, and one was. Um, Gollum. Gollum, yeah. yeah. So that's really cool to see them have that. But they, they look, you know, Age of Ultron has been, well, it had been three years since we last saw them, and they actually look, they both look pretty old. Like, their gray hair is starting to show in these. Yeah. Uh, this trailer. But um, 
their interaction talking about Wakanda like isn't you know what really is it? It's a third world like a third world African country or is it like why why is this suit and why is there a super awesome jet flying around later on? <laughs> yeah, I mean right out of the gate they're explaining things to Wakanda me that I've always kind of wanted to know. You know, we get introduced to them in Civil War and we see them a very little bit at the end credit scene when Bucky's kind of taken there and you learn that it's just this high tech society. And you just think like, oh, why have these guys just been off the radar for all of these Marvel movies? No one's like really ever brought them up. And it's just like, oh, we find out that it's kind of like a hidden city. They don't want people showing up and going there. So I love this kind of mystique that they're building around Wakanda. And mm-hmm. as you see through the trailer, we get so many awesome shots of like this the city or I guess country. I, I technically, I, I don't really know what it's considered. A gigantic hidden village, whatever. It, yeah, it just a, looks amazing. Wakanda's cool, a country. Cool outfits. Yeah. Cool outfits, man. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's lots of cool outfits. Wakanda's a country and it's, it's comprised of different tribes within the country. And um, the, the, the king slash Black Panther tries to, you know, keep all the stuff down but it looks like several of the tribes are starting to um vie for the 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 kingship i guess or to become the black panther we don't know yet Uh and one of those is michael b jordan as eric killmonger and we see him in this trailer in probably his best comic book role since uh not fantastic four (laughs) before that i believe he's he's in chronicle yeah, it looks like he's going to get a chance to redeem himself from that Fantastic Four movie. Uh, yeah, he looks really cool. Like you said, he's got he's rocking those uh, comb-over dreads, uh, comb dreads, which, lo- which look pretty sweet. He's got some cool masks that he's throwing on when he's doing some yeah. devious stuff in the movie. He looks like he's also breaking Claw out of the prison there yeah, as well. Yeah, unless they're doing some like creative editing to kind of like throw us off. Um, everything just looks really cool. Like I, I love the the vibe that they're going with the with the like the cool outfits. <laughs> like uh, Martin Freeman says, like everyone has this cool like a uh, set decoration going on around them, and it's just it's just bringing this whole unique world, kind of the Marvel universe that we haven't seen before. It looks very very beautiful. It looks way different. The music is way different than the other movie as well. The everything in this trailer adds up to a big you know. Like you said, kind of like Thor Ragnarok, a big fuck yeah moment right there at the end. You're like, mm-hmm. yes. Because, I mean, we got to see um, some of the other villains. M'Baku, who is a man-ape. I think he's the big guy holding someone up at the end. Uh, we get to see um, the Black Panther sister, Shuri. She has these Iron Man-looking panther gauntlets. Oh, God, those things were so cool. <laughs> um, so apparently she is a very, very tech-based, like on par with Tony Stark intelligence and technological-wise. So she actually upgrades the Black Panther suit a little bit throughout. Nice. Um, we get to see Force Whitaker as an elder uh, who is giving the Black Panther the heart-shaped herb, which is actually from like the vibraniums in the soil. So this plant has vibranium elements, and that's how the Black Panther gets all his like abilities and stuff like that, like superhuman stuff. Um, but also, I was going to say, um, you know, we we get to see the very end there, and this is something that you talked about. Very like gives you chills when the Black Panther launches off one car flips through the air and lands on the other one. There's a like shockwave blast whenever he jumps up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's tech from that suit that she's built into it. Oh, maybe. And at the the stinger at the very end to wrap this up is we kind of got this cool little uh, logo reveal of the Black Panther logo with this kind of like tingy part of the music. And it's just like, just goes to show you that they're going to hit this kind of really cool tone for the movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I've never been, I never thought I'd be this hyped for a black Panther movie and I had no, no idea this teaser trailer was coming. So I think I've watched this teaser trailer four times now. So I'm super excited. What, what's what's I find, you know, sad slash maybe not as surprising is we're less than a month away from Spider-Man in mm-hmm. the Marvel universe, but we are more excited for the third Thor movie and the first Black Panther <laughs> movie than that. Uh, which... I know. Right. Surprising. Well, I, I guess that's what happens when there, you have sp- five spider-man movies before yeah. it and then sony keeps mucking up the the trailers so yeah. i mean, <laughs> I'll just you, have to you, go by the merits of the actual movie when i get either the die hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain so <laughs> that's how we feel about that but yeah black panther coming out february 16th 2018 the last movie before avengers infinity war which Ooh. i saw a, a couple pictures of it this week one of them was taken down and one of them it might still be up. I I, I can't tell. But the, um, Josh Brolin shared a picture of himself on set down in Atlanta with a bunch of dots on his face. And, you know, those <laughs> dots are for Mike. Motion tracking. Motion traction for CG. So he's actually not going to just be doing motion capture on the green screen. He'll probably be acting with them and doing the motion capture on set, 
which they took this picture down like right away. So I, I thought <laughs> that was really, really funny. Um, so we could take a look there. Um, I mean, nothing, nothing too much there. But also there was a picture of all the trailers on set online somewhere this week where you can actually see like how many stars are on set for this movie right now, <laughs> which I think, it, I mean, it looked like a trailer park at that point. There was so many. So, <laughs> Zing. I mean, I, I don't know. Infinity War still doesn't feel real because we don't have any footage yet. Mm-hmm. But if this is out in February and that's out in May, that means we've got maybe two months, maybe less, see San Diego Comic-Con before we get our first Infinity War look. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. I I think if we're going to be seeing anything, um, it might be from like a leaked cam footage at Comic-Con. This seems like the perfect opportunity where you reward the people that have been waiting in line for Hall H, you know, literally all night and all day to give them kind of the exclusive first look at Infinity War. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to put myself through that this year, so what? maybe we'll get uh, a little cam. Maybe we'll get a little cam footage from somebody. Um, I always think someone's going to sneak in like Google Glass and record it, but then I remember Google Glass isn't a thing anymore, so I guess they'll just have to like pop their phone out from their sleeve and, re- and record the screen. But um, something tells me there's going to be lots of hooping and hollering in, in that panel this man, year. Man, I, I really hope so, because there's also D23 this year, um, mm-hmm. which is the other big... I guess big event that you know if Marvel wanted to not go to San Diego and just do D23 they totally could uh-huh. and everyone would be like you know what that's we understand that so I mean I just I really want to see some Infinity War stuff I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully we don't have to wait long from the Hall H people to, to get our first preview uh-huh. so, um, also next summer right after Infinity War the next movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp which is also kind of hard to believe it's kind of hard to s- take that one in a little bit there <laughs> um, but the actress Hannah John Kamen has been cast in a mysterious role presumably as the villain and I can't pinpoint down who she would be I, I mean I mean I don't know I I mean once you start making sequels for characters like Ant-Man and the Wasp you know obviously kind of like their bigger villains are usually taken up in the first film so I think they start to get a little bit more creative in the sequels you know like hey you know we've kind of proven this character now maybe we can go deeper cut villains and people will trust us or maybe we kind of reinvent one that you know you haven't seen in a while but uh I didn't know who this Hannah person was until I think I saw like an article drop that said she was in an episode of Black Mirror or something like that. So I guess yeah. there's a lot of casting directors out there that are really into Black Mirror. So. I mean, she's also a Game of Thrones actress. She had like two episodes under her belt. Um, I think there's a, a series called Killjoys. And she's a British actress, so I think it's a British show. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in that. Um, you know, Tomb Raider movie coming up. She was in The Force Awakens as like an officer role. So, I mean, well, she's... That- the British accent is always good for villains. So. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I don't know who she... There's no indication who she's going to play. But I think you're right. I think that's an important point to make. You know, now that we've gotten all these, you know, introduction films are always safe bets. Doctor Strange was a safe bet. Ant-Man was a safe bet. Um, you know, they can start getting a little wilder in the sequels and, and playing with that mythology and what's going on. And, and, and we'll be okay with it, so... Um, they've established the power, so let's see some more. I don't know. Hopefully it's not just a bunch of shrinking again. Like I think we're going to get more Giant Man for sure. I've got knock on wood, man. Knock on wood. Um, have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy again yet, Mike? Uh, you- no, just just the one time, unfortunately. Just the one time. Well, that's sad. But because we're now <laughs> looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and James yeah, Gunn, is right. already, he's already writing it right now. Like He's already working on the... the the drafts of the of the movie so uh bless him <laughs> yeah not, not no no rest for the wicked man but i mean i think i haven't checked the box office numbers but it's doing really well like i think it's it's, it's up there mm. take a drink there getting a little dry over here but <laughs> um the guardians of the galaxy apparently james gunn will oversee and help set up future cosmic stories like phase four and five will be more cosmic based um after oh. we deal with thanos and the infinity outlet yeah, well, I mean, once you once kind of uh, all of the main Avengers and all of the characters on Earth understand that you know space is a threat and it's a real thing and it's out there, um, it makes me wonder if somehow they're gonna get like maybe like a a javelin type Justice League state space station okay. out in space. But also, I I mean, I guess it you know it's it's been a while. It's been a it's been a couple weeks since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was ended. We kind of got the hint that maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. might be out in space already. Mm-hmm. So 
maybe they are setting that up a little earlier than we thought. Yeah, I mean, um, one of my favorite theories is that at the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. they're in S.W.O.R.D., which is the um, space version of S.H.I.E.L.D. pretty much. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a lot of people are wanting a Nova movie. Um, you know, there are other space-based characters out there. One of my favorite comic series was Annihilation and Annihilation Conquest, uh, which actually brought this iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy to... was actually created in that those series. So, uh, I mean, I'd like to see some some big space events going on there, some some bigger space of the you know we have our earth events and space events that are a little larger so i'm cool with that you think you think you think we get some fantastic four news some shared oh that would be that would be cool i that's that they're really going to need that in phase four yeah galactus and silver surfer man to die for I don't. I don't know if you if you've heard this, but you know you were kind of talking about other uh, movie and uh, nerd shows that you watch. There's a guy out there. Uh, his name's Movie Bob. He's kind of uh, famous for kind of a uh, ranting on movies, and he's got like this Philadelphia Philadelphian accent, a uh, Philly accent. So okay. he's kind of got this attitude when he's uh, talking about movies. But he's kind of theorized an interesting way to bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU. That's kind of cool. Um, that I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, since they're kind of based in uh, science, he thought like, what if you have the Fantastic Four, you know, from the 60s, you know, you or you get them in this kind of 60s, 50s technology, and they do something crazy in space that gives them their powers, but also flings them into the future. So you kind of have all of these characters who have all of these 50s and 60s mannerism mannerisms and then are brought into the future the modern marvel cinematic universe so you're able to kind of have these kind of cheesy characters that exist uh logically in the mcu and they have all of their like kind of like retro tech and technology and it just all works because they're from the past so i was like hey that would be a pretty cool idea so maybe movie bob i hope it works out i think if if captain america doesn't exist in phase four because you know contracts and stuff like that they probably need someone quote unquote out of time to to kind of fill that role. Yeah, and maybe. having a whole team would, would probably be interesting. Um, a, a rock monster from the fifties showing up and being like, I don't know, I'm just a rock <laughs> dude. Well, I did I did just see. I don't know if this was an official report or if it was a rumor that Chris Evans extended his MCU contract by one more movie. So I don't technically know what so, that means. I don't know if he was in limbo with Infinity War Part 2 and they just finally decided to put him on the books for that, even though we assumed he was going to be in it. Or maybe he just is maybe going to get a fourth Captain America movie, like his okay. version of Logan. I don't know. Well, I, I do, because I, I read that report as well. It was, he had six movies in his contract to start, uh-huh. um, which would have not included Infinity War Part 2 or whatever. Oh, uh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So uh, he will now have seven, including that. I think a lot of actors re-upped for that seventh movie because, or the, I guess Infinity War Part Two, whatever that may be, because that's going to be a huge paycheck for everybody involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so, I mean, he'd be smart not to. I don't think they counted his um, Thor appearance. <laughs> his Thor him. cameo? Yeah. yeah. So I think he just did that for fun, which is good. I mean, Chris Evans, he's a good guy. So I think I think that'd be... I mean, if we don't know what Phase 4 is going to look like. Hopefully they kind of give us some little direction but you know other than that we only have five after ragnarok five marvel four marvel movies five five marvel movies and we don't know what else is happening and that's mysterious a little scary but i I could use uh, some little i could use some unknown it's a little unknown going on there i'm okay with that but i think you know maybe a little focus might switch to netflix series coming up so um, Netflix had like a big panel where they kind of showed up what's coming up next year, and they had all three shows, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, appearing to show next year in 2018 on Netflix. Whoa, nice. So, um, which I also found out Luke Cage has entered production on season two. So my theory is we're going to get Jessica Jones early, Luke Cage in the middle, and then Daredevil season three at the end of next year. And, Ooh, that sounds like a good Netflix sandwich right there. Yeah, I think they're moving it towards three a year because this year we've had Iron Fist, we'll have the Defenders, and then we'll have, uh, I believe, the Punisher, Punisher. as we said last yeah. week in November. Mm-hmm. So if they're moving to three a year, I'm all I'm all aboard that. Like, you know, pick a month, we get our Marvel that <laughs> month. What is it this month? So. I think I think uh, the biggest question is kind of. 29 early 2019 does that mean we get iron fist season two or maybe they're just like waiting to see maybe how people react to iron fist after the defenders i mean i think mine if if since netflix doesn't release numbers they some other company has some way of tracking them iron fist had more viewers than luke cage um so i i think it's a very strong uh 
indication that we will be getting Iron Fist Season 2. And I, again, hopefully, knock on wood, they listen to the feedback. <laughs> yeah, and get a different there. showrunner, please. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, to me, I'm more worried about Luke Cage Season 2 than I am Iron Fist Season 2 right now, since they haven't even announced Iron Fist Season 2, because that back half of Luke Cage was kind of rough on me. So um, Yeah, but that first half was so good, so, and I... That's so that, 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 that's, that's kind of what gives me more credence. That's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, my. <laughs> we need a fresh show. We need, well, we need... I think you can. I think you can find ten percent in that second half that makes you happy. It'd be very, very hard. That pimp very... stormtrooper joke was good enough for ten percent, man. No, no, not even <laughs> close. That turtle-looking guy. Uh, uh-uh, we're out. Oh, nope. he he looked bad. He lost. He was... lost that ten percent after the joke after was that. funny. <laughs> uh, speaking of things on Rotten Tomatoes, I caught the Mummy this weekend, Mike. And oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. We went Friday night. So uh, me, my brother, and then uh, my cousin's husband, we all left the girls, and we all had a guy's night out went and watched The Mummy. Um, and um, are you interested in hearing my, my thoughts on this, Mike? Yeah, because I didn't get a chance to see it, and we've talked a lot on this show about how this dark universe is going to get set up. So I don't know if I'm going to get around to seeing the movie anytime soon. So, yeah, just go ahead and, 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 and let your heart free. <laughs> so the Rotten Tomatoes score and how much you will enjoy the movie is currently at 17%. Oh, my God. I was not expecting it to be that low. <laughs> okay, top critics are at 8%, Mike, because we, 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 we hold the top critics a little bit higher in our book um, for enjoyability factor. Now, I will not say it is bad. It is not horrendous. Okay. But this is not how you start your dark universe. <laughs> this is not how you start franchise, man. Because, I mean, I a lot of people may have issues with Brandon Fraser. Some people may not. But I think the first two Mummy movies that, that were still remakes, but, you know, in the 90s, two, early 2000s, are charming. They're fun. Oh, they're so good. They're, I mean, they're not, they're not critically acclaimed movies, but you have a good time watching them. Yeah, and the problem with this is, and and I talked to super fan Jim wrote in his review that Tom Cruise is just vanilla in this. Like he doesn't <laughs> do anything special. He it could you could have cast anyone in his role and it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But this story is kind of just all over the place. Like I I need a tighter story. Like the first mummy like had three big sections. You know, finding mm-hmm. the mummy, the mummy gets his power, and then killing the mummy great this one is all over the place and while it does yes uh, russell crowe is great as jekyll and hyde i will admit that um Mm -hmm. it leaves a lot to be desired like it's not bad but there was nothing like overly the top like i need to i can't remember stuff about it mike because i just didn't care (laughs) oh no so i mean it's not horrible but man do not rush out and watch that movie in theaters you're not gonna you're gonna be mad you spent that money so uh, I guess the question I would want to ask is uh, you can be vague because we still don't want to spoil the movie. People still might be invested in the Stark universe. Um, do they leave the end of the movie pretty open-ended and does it leave you excited at all for the next movie that might be coming out in this universe? So it does not set up the next movie per se, but it does mm-hmm. set up the universe as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would liken the end of it kind of akin to maybe the first Iron Man in credits. Mm-hmm. Like you like it's not setting up Iron Man two, it's setting up the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Gotcha. So this is the next, or I guess it's not setting up the Incredible Hulk, which would have been the next movie. Um, but like, there is nothing mentioned of the next movie, which is the Bride of Frankenstein, which is kind of sad because I thought they announced these people they're going to put them in the end of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Nah, I didn't see him at all. Um, there's <laughs> nah. no post-credit scenes either. So I mean, uh, I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm like, meh. Give us, give us something good. Give us something unique. There's a lot of if you're if you're if you hate jump scares, you're not gonna like this. There's a lot of jump scares. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, I do again. Russell Crowe and his his character was probably a stand up stand out piece to me i, I think they, their take on jekyll and hyde was much cooler and interesting than anything we've seen before which i think the last time we saw that was what league of extraordinary gentlemen so <laughs> um all right man well whew, i'm glad you put yourself through that to save me a ticket yeah yeah i did gladly i guess um but um the dark universe is not over because the they have announced even more characters in the dark universe which kind of caught me off guard here and that the Hunchback of Notre Dame and the Phantom of the Opera are both considered dark universe creatures and properties that they will be exploring possibly later. 
man, they're just jamming this universe packed full. I'd be a little bit more excited now <laughs> if you told me the mummy was really awesome and really fun. But um, I mean, I could see them fitting it kind of, you know, they kind of fit the aesthetic and the vibe of this universe that they're going for. Um, uh, what's the, <laughs> I mean, uh, we've seen DC attempt to write their ship. So if DC can do it, maybe the mummy can do it. <laughs> I think what I've, my understanding is from the dark universe, there's going to be large budget movies like Bride of Frankenstein which are like courting Angelina Jolie to play that role which I totally uh-huh. could see it but they're also going to get like smaller studios to make these smaller films and that exist in the universe as well or maybe these are like B characters I mean maybe they kind of do like the team up aspect of some of the franchise movies we've seen where yes it is a Thor movie but we get Hulk in it so yes like oh maybe it is a Swamp Thing movie or not Swamp Thing. Um, That's DC, but yeah. Uh, uh, Creature of the Black Lagoon is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like maybe it is a Black Lagoon movie, but maybe uh, the Hunchback is also in it as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then if these small, I, I actually trust probably smaller studios to make these movies um, than the larger ones. I think, you know, um, if they're dealing with dark horror kind of scary movies, smaller studios tend to do better uh, on, on a tighter budget. And, like, they get a little more creative. They have a little more you know better things in them so i think you know if if this is true and these smaller studios will be making these smaller not like not frankenstein not invisible man movies but like yeah well i mean when you can't when you don't have the ability to wow the audience with special effects you kind of have to put your work into the story and the script and you Mm -hmm. have to make sure you're telling a good story so maybe they should have considered that yeah i mean if if they're doing those i'm on board so we'll we'll see what it goes i don't like scary movies so like i I just don't they don't get i don't get them but you know, maybe I'll see. I'll see the next one, Mike. I'll go to the next one. I'm in the right. universe. I'll give it three, and then I'm out. So, which is which is one less than I gave DC. So, <laughs> but something we didn't talk about last week with DC is they have a new intro cinematic on yeah, their movies, and we totally forgot to bring it up. But something I want to point that out. Um, a lot of people noted it looked like was it Justice League Unlimited intro. Yeah, it looks like their 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 intro for the Justice League. So I was like, yeah, I saw that a little bit too, but it had been so long, I guess, and I've blocked out the last time I watched the DCEU movie that I couldn't remember what the intro was before. So I was like, is this new or did I forget it? <laughs> yeah, that's so, well, someone's like, is that new? Is that new? I'm like, yeah, that's new. Um, because I think they had a new one like with, um, I think Batman v Superman had a new one or one of them there was another one and they they switched it again but this one's much better but i want to point out it had green lantern on it so they are very much focused on making green lantern work in this universe uh when they had the quote unquote seven characters so unite the seven would would have been green lantern Mm -hmm. Um, but they also had some smaller characters like green arrow and uh i think martian manhunter was pointed out and so on and so forth so uh they're trying to encompass all the characters in dc it looks like so we'll have to see that but also another report is the next two movies for DC to be in production are actually Justice League Dark and Batgirl. I mean, with Justice League Dark, I feel like uh, I have to see it to believe it just because it's been so up and down uh, with uh, having people on board and then firing them or they are just left the project. So uh, once I actually see maybe like a set shot, I'll believe it. I think it's t- the answer to the dark universe since they originally were going to call it quote unquote dark universe. <laughs> and like, we got to do this now. Universal's already beaten us. So there's that. But Batgirl with Joss Whedon, you know, doing handling, having handled Justice League for stuff since March, I think, you know, he's ready to go. So um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's true. Um, I mean, a couple months ago, we talked about 20, uh, was it 2019 being the year of the Batman? Um, I think so, yeah. Uh, I, I think it was 2019. So having. All these Batman movies come out in 2019 would be very interesting. And if Batgirl is one of them, so be it. I, I think that'd be interesting to see. Uh, Justice League, kind of to reiterate what we said last week, I think we were ahead of the curve here. Uh, there are substantial reboots, and they're supposedly lasting to like almost October, September, October, which the movie comes out in November. So that's <laughs> I like how worrisome. I like how you. I like how you you've uh, considered them reboots and not reshoots. Oh well, I'm sorry, reshoots. I mean, <laughs> no, but it actually it actually almost kind of works. I thought you were doing it intentionally no. because like a, like a reshoot, you think about it as oh, we didn't get this scene quite right. You know, something went wrong. Let's bring the actors back in and redo it and get the scene right. But from what we're hearing is they're just they're redoing sections of the movie that it, so it almost seems like we got a reboot part of this movie because even what we had wasn't even close to it. So uh, I think reboots is actually a creative 
way to just say it. So accidentally, you did a good job. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a, re, <laughs> it's a reboot, reshoot, but um, lasting up until like the month before production and knowing how over-stylized the DC movies are, like... Hopefully they have like the CG shots already made. They're just like we need the people in them. Maybe. Uh, so there's that. Um, also, characters from Wonder Woman, uh, the uh, Queen Hippolyta and General Antiope, are to return in the film as well. I assume in a flashback when they fight for the mother boxes that we saw. Oh, in the maybe yeah. Um, fun fact: I did not know General Antiope was the Princess Bride until <laughs> much later than I'd like to publicly admit. So um, that, I thought that was really cool that she is. Much like Princess Leia has become a princess into a general. So, <laughs> so there you go on that. Uh, there's a big Superman event, and not Superman as you would know, but Superman the movie event. And there's a video of uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige and DC, uh, I guess, president uh, Jeff Johns getting together to honor Richard Donner, uh, the, um, I guess, director and, and creator of the first Superman movie and how that's kind of influenced Superman movies today. So, or I guess superhero, not just Superman movies today. So, uh-huh. um, I think I think it's nice to see them put aside any petty differences. I don't think they have any. I think it's all fanboys. They're like they're <laughs> yeah. smart business people. They're like, yeah, we're just here to make money and, yeah, and get a good so. product out. And um, with Wonder Woman and Jeff Johns, you know, hopefully that that's a good trend. But I'm like. You know, it's fun to see them set aside, quote, unquote, their differences and sit down and yes. talk about stuff. The high tide raises all ships. Yeah. So um, if you guys want to check out that clip, it's down here. It's about three minutes. Um, nothing too spectacular stood out to me. So uh, there we go. Suicide Squad 2 will not start filming until 2018, according to a new report as well. All right. I just hope it doesn't suck. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the Harley Quinn spinoff, but it's, it's Suicide Squad 2. I mean, I have no idea what's going to happen. Who's going to. They don't have the same director because the director of Suicide Squad is doing, I guess, was it Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn spinoff, whatever it's called? Yeah. I mean, as long as the as long as the studio just leaves him alone, maybe he'll have a chance to make a good movie. Yeah. I think I think they just need to uh, tell us what they're doing and give us some you know window dates here because. DC, there's too much unknowns, and that's not helping anybody right now. So. Yeah, it's like they're they're on really solid ground now with Wonder Woman. I think they've earned back a lot of trust, so I feel like they almost need to have their own kind of like Mar- Marvel event where they just like sit down in front of a crowd of people and <laughs> throw up a PowerPoint that says like, hey, these are the movies going forward. These are the dates. These are the directors. Get hyped. Get excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're real, we're serious now, everybody back off. But I also heard <laughs> that a lot of the future of like how many of these movies they produce and how frequently rests on Justice League. Um, if Justice League doesn't meet expectations, they could pull back on how many they're working on simultaneously to maybe give them a little room to breathe and some more focus. We're not out of the woods yet. 2017 still has got a little bit more to prove, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Marvel does, we're having three a year, but they, they spent a decade building to that kind of trust. Uh, so uh, hopefully maybe, hopefully we all win from this. That's what I want. We all want to win. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't watch the Gotham TV show, but we have listeners that do. And the season finale has introduced a bunch of new Batman characters to Gotham for season four. Uh-huh. And it kind of has me a little interested, Mike, because it's got characters like Solomon Grundy coming to the forefront. Okay. Um, Harley Quinn will apparently be appearing in season four. Batman is actually becoming Batman, so somewhere in there. And Lazarus Pits from Arrow, so there's a lot of stuff <laughs> mixing up here. I'm like, where? What? What can Fox do and not do with Batman? Have they like did a a large time jump in the show or something? The last I remember, uh, Bruce Wayne was but a child in that first season. <laughs> yeah, he he still he still is, um, but he's fighting crime at night in in a not a, a, like a homemade. Like Spider-Man's homemade suit, but for Batman. Mm. All right. <laughs> and they're like, if Spider-Man can do it, Batman can do it too. Huh? Watch us. He's rich. So, uh, I don't know. There's a lot going on with that show, but I think it's just wild. Like, season four sounds like it's just going to be wild now. And I'm like, okay. Maybe I can... I'm not going to watch it, but I might follow it a little closer. I don't know. Um, but, but that's okay, because, you know, there are other things coming up um down the road teen titans is getting made very yes soon. i forgot about teen titans teen... or was it just called titans titans was like the tnt thing i think it's called teen titans on the dc streaming service oh okay so it's supposed to be filming this fall that means we may have do you, i mean 
I don't know what these turnaround times on these shows are because Netflix <laughs> takes forever. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think they want to launch 2018 with the streaming service, or do you think they want to wait for like you know a bigger event in 2018 to launch it? What do you yeah, think? I, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what exactly the streaming service is going to offer. Um, it sounds like they're going to be getting some animated shows, like the new season of um, Young Justice. Young Justice. They're, they're getting this new live-action series of, of Teen Titans. I think to sweeten the deal, it would be really cool if they had all of the DCEU movies streaming mm-hmm. on this service. So maybe if they waited until 2018, you know, you could stream Wonder Woman on this service. You I, could stream Justice League on this service and, you know, all the other I, I uh, think, unfortunate I think movies. I think they need to get their 90s animated shows on there. And that would street, be... And that's the sweet deal. Like That's the sweet deal. Yeah, could you imagine? Like, so so if Justice League is coming out in... Um, is it November or December? November. November. So if Justice League drops in November, you would probably see the digital release in... What, maybe like March? I would say February, of, March, depending on... February, on the March. Video. And then usually I say, you know, those things usually hit streaming... Uh, maybe in the in the summertime, but you know, since they're kind of in control in control of their own property, yeah, maybe maybe they could kind of uh, hit us uh, maybe the week That's, after um, the well, new season of Jessica Jones drops or something. Well, I'm thinking like early. You want early access to Justice League Digital? Subscribe to our service now, and you can watch well, it right now. Oh, there you go. I like the way you're thinking. Like, Put you in a marketing room. Yeah, get me in there. <laughs> like you know, like oh, you know, beat it by like you know, because most digitals are three weeks ahead of their DVD releases now anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, okay, Justice League's in November, you want to watch it in February, I, the same week Black Panther comes out to, to to mess with them. That's when you do it. You put it out like Valentine's Day. Yeah, that would be an insane catalog. All of their old animated shows, all of their animated movies. Batman sixty six. There it is. Yeah, and maybe even all of their previous Batman movies. If you could get the Nolan Batman movies in there, mm-hmm. uh, just everything. Yeah, that would be that would be enticing. And then uh, I I don't know if it's still a rumor or if it's been confirmed, but if they could throw in some of the 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 comic books somehow, if you could somehow get free like comic books from that digitally, whew, man, that sounds like a that sounds like a package I'd be interested in. Yeah, there's something there's something I subscribe to that gives me comic books for like cheap or free. I don't remember what it is. I think it might be the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Like, it lets me get a, a month's free access to Marvel's Unlimited stuff. But DC doesn't focus on their digital as much. Mm-hmm. Comics, so... Um, but if they did, if they had it ready by that point in time, by God, let them do it. By pull, George. Pull trigger. So, a lot of fun stuff coming out of DC. I actually like talking about it. That's, that's some really cool stuff to think about. Um, stuff from not this November, but next November we're not excited about is uh, X-Men <laughs> Dark Phoenix... <laughs> but an audition tape recently um, had this guy. Did you ever watch Down Periscope? Oh God, it's been forever. <laughs> and it's one of the guys. It's it's not um, the guy who makes the sounds, but it's another one that's stupid guys. He was in a lot of Reno Nine One Ones later, and so on and so forth. He's a comedian actor, but um, he's the Wiz in Seinfeld. That's what I remember the most from. Okay, but he was. Um, talking some sort of like alien style voice and like what he was saying was alien so it may point to x-men actually adapting their space stuff for the next movie maybe they're gonna go cosmic including the shiar empire which is like a huge huge thing for for x-men fans because you know the shiar empire have been around forever and you know a huge part of the, the the continuity and then today um again angelina jolie in the news uh, and Jessica Chastain are being eyed for the same role in this film, which I believe, if McAvoy returns, could be Lalandra, the queen of the Shi'ar, who that, you know had had a relationship. And McAvoy has been in movies with both of these actresses. One was Wanted, and one was something else. But um, the, the theory is Jolie will take the Dark Universe movies, and Chastain might get this. So, oh well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I wouldn't bet money on any of the franchises. I wouldn't bet on this Dark Universe. I wouldn't bet on this one specific thread of X Men, <laughs> the Dark Phoenix, or the Dark Universe. If it's yeah. dark, don't don't go near it. So yeah, it's it's tainted. These are tainted universes, but that's okay. Some fun fact about Ghostbusters. Dan Aykroyd was in an interview this week, and he mm-hmm. said that the reboot director of Ghostbusters is not allowed on the Sony lot anytime soon. <laughs> he he let uh, I think Paul Feig have it. He he let, he let him have it because apparently they gave him all this stuff. So he was like, "You need to do the film these scenes, these scenes." And Feig was like, "No." They filmed it like, "Okay, 
actually, yeah, we need to go back and film it and cost the studio like you know several millions of dollars extra. Oh man, to go refilm these scenes. And Dan Aykroyd's like, yeah, Sony, me, no, no, he's not, he's not allowed back. Well, it costs a lot of money to do a do a dance number in a in the heart of Manhattan, you know, and have a. Hemsworth uh, <laughs> making everybody dance. Well, I, th- I think that that's that's okay with me. I don't care, but I think you know Ackerd's also mad that he just ruined the whole like franchise of Ghostbusters. <laughs> like you know, he's you like, oh god, what shit. do we do? <laughs> we at least took two movies before we got you know gave up. So <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny since we had the Ghostbusters spoiler cast. You guys can go listen to from last year where we mostly review Ecto Cooler, uh, <laughs> which I have a case at my feet still. Oh man, look at you stocking that up. Can't can't get rid of it. Uh, we're gonna move some some Star Wars stuff here. Uh, we got a lot of pictures here at the end, but Han Solo, a new image of some uh, stormtroopers, a new stormtroopers on set. I think it's a video actually. Uh, this is a, actually the the picture of it. This is from uh, Episode Three, but there's a white version of this trooper chasing Han Solo around on set. Oh, so, all right. Um, I guess it's like a new biker trooper or something like that. I don't know. Oh, those bikers. I like I like Star Wars. Star Wars is fun. We got we got some Star Wars stuff to talk about. Uh, the Last Jedi, the new Star Wars movie, which we're very excited for this December. Um, the First Order Imperial Guard has been revealed in some like really weird concept art. Are you familiar with the uh, Imperial Guards in Star yeah. Wars? Okay, mm-hmm. good because I actually I had the pop vinyls of them, uh, believe it or not, and I <laughs> of had to buy two. And why do you buy two Imperial Guards, Mike? Uh, so you can leave one in the box? <laughs> no, no, because Palpatine always had two with him. Oh, gotcha. Guarding the doors. So this looks like they're kind of going with that. It's hard to make out what's going on in this picture, but apparently they look a little more ferocious. Uh, and, the Imperial Guards were always super cool looking because they were the only ones that were red. So <laughs> They were red and they didn't do anything. And you're like, oh, man. Like, if they're in here guarding the Emperor and the Emperor is powerful, how powerful are they? You know, like, they're, they're, they're top of the thing. So I think that's really cool. Then we talked. We talked at the top of the show. I, we promised that there is a series coming called Ninjack versus the Valiant Universe, <laughs> and this is a web series, not a movie. Despite everyone who wants to argue with me at the comic book store, this is a web series. <laughs> and on the new comic books, they are introducing the characters from Valiant. Valiant is a universe created in 1989 by former Marvel Comics editor in chief Jim Shooter, who is known for like doing Secret War and. Um, I believe it was New Universe. And he had a bunch of other stuff he did in the 80s. Jim Shooter was in charge of, like, 80s Marvel. And Valiant is a bunch... Like, they have a bunch of rip-offs of, of characters. Uh, <laughs> stuff going on there. But um, I believe later on, uh, Fabian Nietzsche, the guy who created half of Deadpool, uh, came along, I believe, in 94 and, like, rewrote a lot of the characters and kind of relaunched it. Um, but one of them I remember most... most um, Fondly is Exo Man of War, which we have here, because Exo Man of War and Iron Man had a PlayStation video game in the nineties. They teamed <laughs> up with each other. But um, we're gonna, gonna break it through here. So the first up is a character called Divinity. I don't know who she is. She looks like she has lightning powers. Uh, the suit looks on par with Arrow TV show. If I was <laughs> sure, Batman. <laughs> the second one we actually see Exo Man of War. Um, he's got like a lightning sword. It looks like a big lightning sword. Uh, Ninjak, who's actually played by Deadshot from Arrow, if you remember Deadshot. Yeah, yeah you can kind of see that, yeah, yeah. And then lastly, uh, the Green Power Ranger as a <laughs> Bloodshot, and he's very silver and has red eyes, it looks like there. Yeah, these, uh, uh, not, I'm not too excited here, Chris. <laughs> no, no, I, I got to see some footage, it's a web series, it's really weird. And then lastly is the characters Archer and Armstrong, which I'm like, how do they fit into this? They, they look less, in, like, less, uh threatening than the other ones <laughs> so I, I don't know about valiant characters i'm going to try to read a little bit more into them uh people at my comic book store really like some of the valiant characters exo man of war is huge right now apparently he's getting relaunched but um I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna play this one by ear and keep you guys informed as we go and if you guys read valiant let me know like tell us i don't know did you ever watch the Snowpiercer movie, Mike? Yes, I did. It was good. It was good. It had Chris Evans in it. It was really fun. Apparently, they're turning into a TV show, um, and Jennifer Connelly has joined the pilot of it. And I'm like, I don't know what role she'd take in there, but, I mean, how do you make that into a TV show? <laughs> I don't know. It makes me think that maybe you go back in time, or maybe you just re-envision the universe. It's hard for me to imagine that if they don't go back in time, you continue on from the movie. 
but it, sure, I mean, it was a cool idea. Hopefully, it can uh, work as a series. Yeah, it came from a graphic novel, and the movie was fun, and it had a lot of surprises in it, and it was cool. So, I mean, hopefully, they do some, something cool with it. A train that never stops, maybe years before. So, uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, are you Mary Poppins, y'all? <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. You are Mary Poppins, y'all. So our first EW cover um, has Mary Poppins on it. Uh, Emily Blunt is Mary Poppins. And uh, someone had taken this cover and photoshopped Yondu on top of her face. <laughs> so I was very confused. I thought it was really like the Michael Rooker version. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> but apparently it's actually the movie. And I don't know much about Mary Poppins, but I've not seen any cartoon animals drawn in this yet. <laughs> no CGI animals, but the character on the far left of our second image is Lynn Manuel Miranda, who is known for uh, I think Hamilton. He yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton. He was also he also did songs in uh, Moana. So Moana. He's uh, he's huge right now. So uh, it sounds like uh, he's being courted for sure for these movies. I wasn't a Mary Poppins kid growing up, so I don't really have much to say on it. Yeah. But uh, uh, Emily Blunt as Mary Poppins. I liked her better when she was a, a badass in um, Live, Die, Repeat. In, 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 in Edge of Tomorrow or Live, yeah. Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I don't know. I guess she's got a softer side. Yeah, I mean, um, they needed a British actress to play this. Apparently, um, it takes place like and this might be the kids of the of the kids in the first one, like some of their children because they're grown up and she just Mary Poppins doesn't age somehow. I, I don't she's know. She's a monster. <laughs> she, yeah, she's really just a lot of witchcraft going on there. So, uh, if you're into Mary Poppins, there's some news. And lastly, E3 is happening right now, much to our surprise. No matter what we try to do, we try to plan for E3, it never works out. Um, but EA's E3 was yesterday, and they had Star Wars Battlefront 2 stuff, Mike. And we're trying to get you on the console genre. With <laughs> Me and Quentin used to play the Star Wars Battlefront 1 quite a bit when it came out. But Star Wars Battlefront 2 actually takes place across all three trilogies now. And in the trailer I showed you, you get a fight on Naboo, um, uh-huh. the Battle of Feed. So you can play as um, the Roger Roger robots or, <laughs> or clone troopers. And you got to see Darth Maul pop up there, which was really interesting. Uh-huh. Um, then you can go to the original trilogy. I, saw, I, I think you can... It shows all three versions of Stormtroopers across all three trilogies. So... I'm really excited to get to play as some of the last Jedi characters, uh, again, some of the original trilogies, and most importantly, the prequel stuff, because I think the the original Battlefront games really had a lot of good times with the prequel stuff, because those were big mm. clone trooper battles, right? Um, Genosha, so on and so forth, so getting to visit that I think is really cool. Yeah. All DLC will be free once you buy the game, you won't have to buy any more new content that comes out for it. Uh, that's cool. And um, there are now Stormtrooper classes. You don't just have one trooper, and then you uh, add your abilities as you level up. You will get to pick a class to play as. So, like, Sniper, Heavy, Assault, Engineer, so on and so forth, and, and play from there. So whatever suits your play style, if you're into shooters, um, look forward to that. Yeah, there you go. I like seeing that prequel aesthetic just because the movies may have been bad, but I always thought the things in the movie were cool. I mean, the battle droids are cool looking. Um, the the settings were kind of interesting. The ships kind of had this cool, like this weird kind of look to them because they weren't quite original Star Wars, but they kind of had this proto look to them. So yeah, it'll be kind of cool to see that stuff. Well, I mean, that's something a lot of people give the prequel shit, lots of shit. But George Lucas is a great world builder, and mm-hmm. he really made the worlds of every Star Wars he had his hand in feel like a real world. And yeah, he the, has a great vision, just the execution was poor. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not a great filmmaker on the whole. So um, so that's cool. And then, uh, and like I said, no season passes, nothing like that. So that's really cool for Battlefront 2. Microsoft's later today, I think in an hour and 15 minutes from right now. Really excited to watch that. But that's it for the show, Mike. I know you got to get stuff done today. We're recording early. you got to get do it on your stuff. But if people want to know more about your comics, I'm really excited to see more of your comics, Mike. Where can they find those at? Well, as always, you can uh, follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter or Instagram, and you can read my webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to keep up with what you're doing, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. I did put up pictures of my posters I'm putting up on. Yeah, you did. I like that. I uh, double-tapped those fools. Yeah, that's right. Give me the hearts. I need all your hearts. I need, I need the likes. <laughs> uh, you can check that out. Uh, on there, uh, you can read stuff in Comic UI, you can uh, listen to the old Film Side Chats shows, or you can find my new stuff on DestinationComics.com slash DNN. Um, 
working on stuff. Uh, the site's going to remake. We're, we're transferring all that stuff over. But all my new shows will be there whenever they are, and I'll let you guys know when they launch. So. You're a busy man. Busy man, Chris. Gotta be. Otherwise, I will be in trouble, Mike. One of the two. So where else can people find Super Slate if they're looking for us? They're, they're, they're on the hunt. Where can they find us? Well, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues that we host the show, and you can get our show notes. So if you want to check out that badass um, Black Panther teaser trailer you don't want to hunt it down, we got we got the link in our show notes. So visit SuperheroSlate.com, and you can find us on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe and get us your email inbox every week. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can pick up some Superhero Slate merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to the show that's super helpful we really really love that uh, especially on itunes that's really awesome and mm-hmm. if you're if you want to be a super fan of the show all you got to do is share the show with a buddy share the show with a friend and we will be here every week awesome yes so we're trying to get more itunes reviews because i, I mean just say ios 11 is coming this later this fall and they've redesigned the podcast app which i think looks beautiful because i'm running it and we have a link in our show notes to just click, and we'll take you right to the review page. So yeah, click on awesome. that, leave us a review, whatever you want to say. We don't care. Make it funny. Make it boring. We appreciate it either way. So Yeah. All right. Well, I guess until next week, we will see you guys later. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. When I say teaser, I'm like, oh, they're going to give 30 seconds of fade-to-black clips of people.